Well, I want to introduce myself. Some of you may or may not know me since this is a network event. My name is Glenn Hoberg, and I'm one of the pastors at um, in the Grace DC network and at Grace Downtown, and wanted to point out um, two other of the pastoral staff that are here. One, Mike Park over there at Grace Downtown, and also Irwin, who, uh, Irwin, I'm going to ask you to stand up because some people probably have met you. Irwin will be joining our staff in January and leading our Institute of Cross-Cultural Mission, but he will be a pastor in our network as well. So, yeah, we're, we're thrilled about, thrilled about that. Um, we, about, we beat out all the other churches that wanted him. Anyway, God's going to probably curse the Institute because if I take it, it was a census like David, right? And you come down or maybe he'll just ruin my life. That would be that would be sufficient. Anyway, um, well, um, this uh, I want to thank you. Uh, on behalf of, I know, the CQ team and the staff for making time to come out. Uh, you don't know how much, how meaningful it is uh, to those of us that are in leadership, how encouraging it is. And um, I basically have been charged with just taking a few minutes and trying to maybe pull together some of the things that we've heard and then add a thought or two to it. Um, so the first thing that came to mind, um, I think, is the, important of, the importance of understanding our story. And by our, I mean you personally, us communally, denominationally, city-wise, and culture. That's a lot, but let me try to break it down in a doable dose. Um, one of the elders, Bob Baldwin, who's not here uh, has been on a, his own journey. He is now, I, Bob's, you know, uh, over 60. He's been reflecting upon his growing up in Oklahoma. And he's starting to see new things about what shaped him, the racial division of his hometown, his small town. Um, all of us, I think, can do well. I, I grew up in an area... In Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is a racially divided place. Um, and uh, I remember when I was going to elementary school. I think this thing has gotten louder. Oh. <laughs> it's because Nathan's back. Am I loud or soft? You were soft. I think you're okay. Okay. Better now. Did you hear all my jokes at the beginning? <laughs> That's all I care about. Keith says they weren't jokes. Okay. They weren't funny, so it doesn't matter. You know, but even in my neighborhood, um, I remember some years ago I was having dinner with a friend of mine who I grew up with in that area. And we were talking about the issue of race, and he said, well, don't you remember above our elementary school, uh, there was a neighborhood which people referred to as the Patch. And it was where a lot of the African-American folks lived. And I, and I said, yeah, you know, what's your point? And he said, well, don't you know that was derogatory? And I was like, oh. You know, just blindness about my own story. Uh, insens insensitivity. Um, and as well as our uh, denominational story, 
the PCA uh, was founded, if you don't know this, as a, a southern white Presbyterian denomination, um, middle, upper class denomination. Um, it's taken 40 years to have its first non-white moderator. Now, that isn't because there weren't people of color in the denomination. Uh, and that just tells you a little bit about, right, the denomination that we're situated in, the story, the struggle. Um, and then I think um, the biblical story is something that we need to keep coming back to. Uh, one of the reasons, and I, the panelists were bringing this, one of the challenges I think we have is how do you take something that you think is just sort of incidental and you begin to see that it's a major part of who you are, major part of your story. And one of the ways believers do that is through understanding the Scripture. I think one of the eye-opening things that I experienced, not experienced finality, it's been unfolding revelation over the last 10 or 15 years, is how much our book tells this story. Uh, so t just for... Uh, just for a moment, think about this. At Grace Downtown, we've been studying Israel, ancient Israel's worship, and how it pointed to Christ. So, right, Israel, God's giving Israel all these holy object lessons to do, circumcision, food laws, all these different things, because he's preparing them for the Messiah to show up. So finally, the Messiah comes. He finally comes on the scene, the one that fulfills all those things, and a curious thing happens. They don't, they don't want to give up that stuff. They don't want to give it up. And you think, why? Because it had become so much part of their culture, it became part of their faith. It was their faith. And they couldn't really distinguish the two. Um, any of us that understands ourselves, we get this. For instance, the holidays are around, right? And I, I especially see this with new, new married couples. Families have their holiday traditions, right? And if you happen to question something different, I, I mean, it's not just like, oh, that was a nice idea. They start to question your morality, right? And if it's Christian, your spirituality. Oh, you're not being faithful to the family? We always do this. We, we always go to aunt so-and-so every year, right? Our customs and practices become a, a source of security to us, a source of identity, the same thing happens in denominations, right? I mean, it's, uh, I, I had a friend that likes to write, I have a friend that likes to write new tunes to old hymns. And he once did one of these at our denominational, national denominational meeting, and afterward a man came up to him and said, don't you ever change the melody to And Can It Be? I mean, it, for him, it, you know, or for other people, it might be, you know, the, King, the, the Bible translation. We don't, we don't want to underestimate how our story has shaped us, right? And all of us have this stuff in us. Uh, I think uh, one of the panelists, Chris, said, and uh, this was so helpful, uh, that you know, sin is in the water. Our biases are in the water, in our own water. Um, and while, um, you know, in the early church, basically the Gentiles start to enter into a predominantly Jewish normative culture, right? And not soon after that, 
the Jewish believers begin to say to the Gentiles, we're so glad you embraced Jesus, but now you need to become culturally normative like us. You need to become Jewish in these ways. And this became a big deal in the church, which leads to my second point, quoting one of our panelists who said, think deeply about sin. I thought that was really insightful. Um, When you consider um, the problem this was, let me just take you to the New Testament. Uh, You could argue that one of the reasons that Jesus was crucified was because the religious leaders in the community would not give up their customs. They would not give up certain cultural things. That's one of the things that Jesus was toppling over. But then it goes on from there in the book of Acts, after Jesus is resurrected, he's about ready to go off to heaven. He's told the disciples, hang out here. And what do they say? Are you going to restore the kingdom at this point? Now, the kingdom they're talking about is political Israel. And so what they're saying is, uh, are you going to put us in a place of cultural power and cultural preeminence? Is that what you're going to do? Because that's what they were really looking forward to do and to hunger to do. And then when you move on from that and you look at the New Testament, you see many things. You see, uh, number one, that uh, not only the Gospels talk about this, I see all your faces just delighting these children. And let me say this, I'm so glad. You know, that's a very Jesus thing to do, right? Delight in the children. Are they gone? You looking at me? This is someone that has a child that they have to delight in all the time, so they're not looking at all. Only people that are out of that stage are looking, right? The others are sort of like... Anyway, so, uh, so you go to the New Testament. Uh, here's my point. This thing was so stubborn, this sin of uh, cultural myopia, this sin of uh, bias and prejudice was so stubborn. It's mentioned not only in the book of Acts. It was the only time a spiritual summit was called. In Acts 15, only recording we have, an entire book of the Bible, Galatians, is written about it. And the Apostle Peter, the foundation of the church, was given three visions and even said, now I understand. And not after that, he fell back into it. And let that be a lesson to you and I of the vigilance. You know, we tend to not deal with sins in our lives until they start to mess with us personally. You know, until they really start to harm me and get in my way, or unless they affect someone I love. And this gets to another thing our panelists said, which I appreciated, which was the business of knowing and loving one another. Uh, It's very easy for me as a white man to be passive on this issue because uh, my girls aren't waking up every day dealing with this fear. My wife isn't. You know, I I can just sort of be happy when I close my door at night and sit in my comfortable chair. Um, And so we need to pray that God discomforts us. We need to pray that he convicts us deeply. We want to resist the divine spiritual shoulder shrug. And so as a practical thing, I would say maybe each of us could talk to one person about one thing we learned today. 
coming out of this. Uh, the other thing I want to say is um, today you heard reference mostly about white and black, which is appropriate because, you know, America's understanding of race is focused there, but it goes deeper, right? We have Asian brothers and sisters, Latino brothers and sisters. Uh, Mike has really been helpful, I think, to me on this end as we've talked about things, and he's like, you know, don't forget, you know, people that, uh, you know, don't forget, uh, what was your thing about the silent, I forget what you've said before, Mike, about, um, I've said so many he said so many, <laughs> you know, even, well, even as we were talking about this institute, he was like, you know, it, it, let's broaden the conversation, and uh, we need to do that as well. Okay, let me hit two other things quickly. Uh, the other one, uh, pulling from the panel, I would say the third thing would be gospel confidence. Someone said, living out of sin is unhelpful. I think that was Mary Catherine. Um, it really is not helpful to live out of guilt. It, it, it doesn't do anything, right? Um, guilt just leads you to a place where you're not growing. And um, we are people that are supposed to believe in this idea of justification, right? That, that my worth and my acceptance... Um, and my belonging comes from Christ and my identity. It comes from him. And I think this really helps deal with white fragility, right? Because many uh, minority brothers and sisters feel like they have to walk on eggs around white folk, and they feel that way in the church, too. Uh, and, I, you know, we pray, what would it be like for community groups and small groups and churches to become these safe places? This is really key. If I really believe that my sense of worth and security comes from outside of me and not of my culture, it really helps me develop what one person has said, a thick skin and a soft heart. People that really understand justification get less defensive. They can be able to hear things. They don't feel like they have to act like they know stuff. You know, statements that white people might be tempted to make like, well, I'm not racist, or I didn't mean to do that. You know, that's all me-centered, right? What does it look like to be other-centered? And, and the Gospels are a way forward for that. Um, I think we need to be a gospel-confident community. And then lastly, I've heard this in the, I sat down for just a few moments in the small group I was in, but I heard the word stewardship, right? Um, why stewardship? If... Um, a white person, I, I understand as I look at my story, um, I had so many benefits, you know, all the way up. I just did. Whether it was my dad getting me a summer job or, you know, whether it was this opportunity and advantage I had. What does it look like? Do, have you taken stock of what God has given to you? And the thing is, unless you can see that he's given, to you, given it to you, you won't then be able to steward it for other people. So if you kind of have this idea of, and, and really what infects, I think, um, and this is an, in, I don't think this is an insight at all unique, um, but behind the white uh, normativity and the privilege, there is this meritocracy mindset. You know, I remember having a conversation with a dear relative of mine. And we were talking about um, immigration 
And at one point I found myself saying, well, th there is a difference, though, between um, people that came voluntarily and those that were enslaved and brought. And he said, yeah, but that was a long time ago. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting statement. But behind that was, you know, there are those that work their way up. When I was in Boston, uh, the Portuguese, uh, the Brazilians were liked, and the, the reason they were liked was because everybody said how hard they worked. You know, we love that American story. We love to pat ourselves on the back and go, I did it. I got it myself. I worked hard. I think the comment that was said on the panel about we're so busy, we're in a hurry, progress, all that stuff. Um, you know, the meritocracy prevents us from going, God has given me so much. What has he entrusted me with? And if he has, how do I begin to humbly go, this isn't mine? Paul says, what do you have that you weren't given? And if you were given it, why do you act like you weren't given it? So I think that applies uh, to this situation, too. So as we move on, I, you know, where do we go from here? I think we just keep taking steps forward. But I do think um, they need to be very purposeful steps and vigilant steps. Um, I think I'll just stop there. Um, there was so much that was said that was helpful on the panel. I don't know if I even tied half a bow. Let's, let's thank Glenn real quick for uh, wrapping up our discussion.